0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Boss Life Balance Podcast.
1: Bringing health to your hustle. I'm Sarah. And I'm Kelsey. We know you've got a million things on your to-do list today. So let's dive right in. Sarah, I'm so excited to share this interview with everybody because it's so, so good.
0: It is really good. And I think the second one turned out better than the first that had technical difficulties. (laughs) Wah, wah. Who yeah. knew
1: that the way we recorded it would sound absolutely terrible? <laughs> no,
0: it was it was uh, great. And I was excited to interview Andrea. One of the many reasons was just her story about having like a quote-unquote starter business, as I like to call it, and then shifting from that into a completely unrelated business, which I did the same thing. And so it was nice to hear her
1: perspective as well. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of entrepreneurs can relate to that struggle internally and externally um, when you start doing something and you're like, ooh, maybe this isn't the right thing. Let me tweak or completely start over again, which uh, is just a fascinating process to to hear about and brought up a lot of memories for me too. Yeah. The starter businesses,
0: right. man. <laughs> they prepare Little. us for great things.
1: Yes, it's like yeah. the first um, boyfriend you have, like when you're in your early 20s, and you're like, we're totally gonna get married, and you're like, oh, God, what was I thinking? <laughs> that's, that's how I equate starter businesses. Uh, anyway. Yeah, uh, <laughs> let's do it. All right. Inspired by a bunch of holy socks in her trash and a desire to make less waste, Andrea took her entrepreneurial spirit and jumped into starting Basic Revolution to help everyday people like herself take a small step toward helping our environment. She has a background in marketing and worked in the corporate world for 13 years before deciding to strike out on her own to start a brand photography business focused on helping entrepreneurs tell their brand stories but alas, the socks and recycling were calling. In 2019, Andrea stepped away from photography to build a business that will not only help the planet, but that will also inspire others to create less waste. And we're off. Hey, Andrea.
0: Hey, Sarah. Hey, Kelsey. (laughs) Welcome back.
1: Thanks, glad to be here again. (laughs) (laughs) So we had a little recording snafu, and here we are. And um, so let's start from the beginning once again. And uh, why don't you just kind of share with our listeners your journey from A to B to C. (laughs) Ha ha, preview.
2: All righty. Well, A to B to C to probably D E. you know, um, <laughs> there are a lot of stuff in between. Um, I mean, I guess professionally, I started in, uh, in corporate America in the early 2000s. I was living in Michigan, going to school, left there, came to Chicago and uh, just got a temp job and then somehow ended up in corporate marketing for, I don't know, like 13 years or something like that. Um, and never really loved it. Went back to school, finished my degree while I was doing it. And I was like, I'm going to do something else. Um, but you know, it gave me a paycheck and all that good stuff. So I, I stuck with it for a long time and eventually oh, got laid off and, <laughs> and I was like, this is my opportunity. So I got laid off and I got a nice severance package and I was like, I'm going to go start a photography business. Um, and it was child and family photography, which was, uh, not my niche. I <laughs> i was like yeah i don't think this is working for me and and then my severance ran out and then i got paranoid and i you know wanted health insurance and a steady paycheck and all of that so i jumped back into corporate america for i don't know like three years maybe two years something like that I got really sick of it again and but the drug of the entrepreneurial life. It really is. It's that lure of like stability and everything. But in reality, it's not that stable. Right. I got laid off after 10 years at a company, just totally blindsided, you know, um, the next one just wasn't the greatest work environment. And I didn't want to do that. So I left again. Um started a business again and this time it was photography and marketing for small businesses. I was like this is more in my niche, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um and did that for less less than a year till one of my marketing clients like lured me back to corporate America, you know, <laughs> again <laughs> <laughs> like, again. <laughs> they just like they dangled, right? They're like, "Oh, yeah. look, like here's your salary and your vacation time and your health insurance and your 401k." <laughs> Um, so I went back again and that lasted about nine months. And I was just like, I'm done. I'm out. I can't do it. Just that all of it was just too much. I didn't like it. So I left again and then I started my brand photography business. Every time the business changed. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, that's okay. One. And so I started that, and my focus was working on doing photography for small businesses for their website and their um, social media and all of that. And I was really focusing on that. And you know, I was like, well, this is this is the easiest thing that I can do. I know how to do photography. I have the equipment. I don't need a studio. I can go to people's places of work, or we can shoot on location. And I started doing that in was it 2018? I don't even know the years anymore. It wasn't that long ago. they <laughs> all
0: brought together. It's okay. <laughs>
2: they, they really do. It's just mm-hmm. It just keeps going, right? Um, mm-hmm. And at the same time I started that, I had the idea for Basic Revolution. Um, and I was like, this is such a cool idea. I love this. I was like, but I have no idea how to do it. And it seems so much more complicated than just like starting a photography business where I can go meet people. And that's all I really have to do, right? Network, meet people, get my name out there as opposed to starting an e commerce business that's selling like sustainably made basics and recycling. I'm like, who the hell does that? Like no <laughs> one's even fucking heard of this kind of thing. Which is um, why it's a great idea. <laughs> well yeah. you know, it was also why it's a very scary idea, right? It's like how the hell do I do this? I don't know. You know, I'm thinking I need stock and like a warehouse and like find all these resources. I'm like, it's too hard. So I started the photography thing and started getting traction. Um And about a year later, just the the basic revolution idea came back to me. And I just, I couldn't leave it alone. I just, I started learning more about like textiles and like landfills and how it just sits there for years and how much we throw away and fast fashion and how much more we throw away than we used to even like 10 years ago. Um, And I kind of came back to, it. I was like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to see what I can do. So I had a friend who's a business strategist. So I hired her and I was like, all right, help me out. And we started working on a business plan and it just kept going and I was really excited about it and um, eventually I was just like okay I'm just gonna go all in on this but then people were like but wait a minute you're doing this other thing why why would you stop doing that it's going well even my husband was like but wait a minute you're you're starting to make money you're starting to be successful with this and you're going to stop and do this other thing. And
1: I was like, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes um, you, you have to, like, you have to follow your gut instinct. Right. For sure.
2: And I was so excited about it when I first thought about it. Right. I was just like, this is so cool. And it can be like something to help people like kind of even just jump into recycling and using less and like being less consuming less. Um and it's just, I think the fact that it just kept coming back to me, I was like, I can't leave it alone. I just, I want to see where I can go with this, right? And I yeah. ended up, I mean, I did a business plan. I got a business loan. I found vendors. I found a recycler. I came up with a name. I made a logo. I have a brand, like all of this stuff kind of happened in like less than a year.
0: Um, <laughs> well, and I'm sure all thing. of the
1: things that like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all the things that you've done before led into being able to do basically be self-sufficient with all of that stuff
2: and do it quickly
1: for sure
2: um definitely i mean my marketing background was super helpful right i like understand marketing i understand branding i understand all of that um photography was great for the website i'm like cool um and actually when i finished my degree which took me till i was about 30 my degree was in entrepreneurship like i knew i always wanted to own my business my own business i just didn't know how so mm. I feel like everything was kind of leading me there. I just had to like, I had to have the confidence to do it. And I think starting the photography actually I know starting the photography business helped give me more of that confidence, right? Because even that I walked into it and I was like, all right, I don't really know what I'm doing. and I'm going to start networking and I hate networking and I hate strangers. i like stranger danger, all of the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess I'm going to do it because that's what I have to do. Um, so, I mean, that was a big push. If I hadn't started that business, I don't think I ever would have started basic revolution because it gave me the confidence to know that I can go out and be like, I'm going to go do this and I'm going to start this business and it, yeah. and it's going to work because it started working. Who knows if I kept doing that, like two years later, I could be way more successful than I am right now.
0: <laughs> well, it's well, kind of like, what's your definition of success? Right. And I think true. Yeah. And I just, I call them starter businesses. I mean, I had one too, like as a copywriter. And it's interesting. And I kind of just thought about this now where I feel like everybody kind of has a little bit of a starter business before they get into what they actually want to do and what's meant for them. And uh, it's almost like you go into that first business with that corporate mindset of like, well, this business makes sense. Like for you, it was probably like, oh, well, I have this marketing background. Oh, and, totally. You know, I was yeah. like, do well, I
2: wanna take all of this experience that I have and just throw it away? Like waste, and that's quote unquote kind of how society, <laughs> That's how society teaches you to think about it too sometimes. It's like, well, this oh. is what you know how to do, so this is what you should do and just keep doing this. Don't try something new. And I, that was the box I was stuck in for a long time, I think, of like, I don't want to lose all this experience. Why would I throw it out the window? But I really didn't. I used all of that experience to create Basic Revolution and launch that.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, it is it is just definitely ingrained in us of uh, the one track mind and you just climb that ladder and, you know, but yeah, I, I completely relate to and I mean, we've talked about this plenty of times when you were deciding whether or not to switch and close down your branding photography business and start with basic revolution, and you got that pushback of, you know, Kelsey and I were just talking about the dream zappers because it's in the middle finger project (laughs) book that we're reviewing, we've read. But um, that's, I think one of the hardest things is people, even people like business owners, not just family who have never owned their own business or family or friends who have never owned their own business, but, business owners will sometimes be like, but wait, this doesn't make sense. And it's a really tough thing to deal with. It's like, you're kind of like just switching things up on them. And it's, it's very hard to ignore um, the comments and what other people are thinking. And yeah. Oh yeah, Totally. I mean,
2: people were just so confused about why I would switch businesses and why I was doing something else. And they're like, oh, but I love your photography and it's great. Just keep doing that. And it's like, it's kind, it's hard because it makes you question it because everyone is questioning you.
1: Yeah. But
2: it's like, but I want to do this and I want to try. And if I'm going to try and see if I can do this, I need to just fucking do it. And I can't sit here and like wait for people's approval or explain it to everyone, which would just get exhausting. It was just like, but this is the idea and it's innovative and it's cool and it'll help the environment and it'll help teach people and we'll develop a community around it and do all this shit. And then eventually it was just
1: like, I'm tired of explaining it. Yeah. Almost uh, like defending it, like defending it the idea, defending the, the change. And it's hard enough, I think, to switch your own identity, like let alone having to worry about everybody's identification of you.
2: Oh, for sure. Well, the the same thing happened when I quit corporate America, really, though. People are like, oh, why are you starting a photography business? Why are you doing that? You're so successful in this, like, one spot in corporate America. You can just stay there. And I was like, but I don't want to stay there. And I don't like it. And it's the same thing. Every time you change something, I think people just question it. But sometimes you just have to eventually, like, I feel like that happens enough times. It's easier to move past it.
0: But it's still, it's a hard thing to move past because then you question yourself, you know? It's impossible not to when you're hearing it from so many people. And uh,
1: yeah. I have a a question for you guys. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Um, I'm thinking back, like this is reminding me back to like my quote starter business, which was as an actor and running a theater company in New York. And when I stepped away from acting i did it very deliberately i was in the middle of like my teacher training for meditation which was like taking up a shit ton of time and attention and i just couldn't like it was the first time in my life i had to admit to myself like i just can't do everything all at once right now and i intended to go back to it and and a while later when i realized that i didn't want to go back to acting um I had to stop calling myself an actor and start calling myself a meditation teacher, which developed into happiness trainer. And like that internal shift of like, what do I call myself? <laughs> um, was really like a change of identity. It was like the death of an old identity and the birth of a new one. Not that I've changed who I am, but just like getting you your ego it. used to it.
2: Yeah it's like you embraced it and I I feel like I did the same thing when I became a photographer like for a long time I just didn't call myself a photographer I was like well I don't know I don't have any clients yet or that and I didn't want to call myself a photographer and then I got to the point of calling myself a photographer and then like you when I stepped away from that I was still trying I was still trying to do everything I was trying to do basic revolution and like one month I was like working on that and getting in depth with the business plan. I had like three photography shoots and then, I don't know, something else. It was just insane. It's like I had too many things going on and eventually had to like let it go. But then I, I was like, well, what do I call myself now? Um, and I still kind of struggle with that because my friends, I was out with a whole bunch of friends. We went on vacation and we were someplace and someone was like, oh, what do you guys do? And they like got to me and I was like, oh shit, what do I say? I don't know. What do I do? I sell socks. Badass. (laughs) And I take your holy socks. And one of my friends pipes up and they're like, she's an entrepreneur. And I was like, damn, I sound badass. I just like, I didn't quite know what to call myself. I'm like, well, I used to do this and I used to do this. I'm like, I'm the person who changes things. I don't know.
0: (laughs) I think like, it's interesting that we all have, we're kind of in the same scenario of when you're shifting to this new thing, you're still a part of you. It's like, but I'm still gonna do this other thing maybe. And I think it almost, we do that because of what other people are saying. And you're like, well, let me make it comfortable for them and phase out <laughs> like, <laughs> without even realizing yeah. you're doing it really. Like, you're just kind of like, let me just phase this out. And then I'll yeah. gradually. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I think it can be a comfort to yourself too though, right? Cause I was taking yeah. a huge leap and yes. I was like, well, I can still do photography, though. I had clients who were like, are you still going to do photography? I was like, well, for current clients, I will, which I don't. I don't do any photography anymore except taking pictures of shit from my website and my dogs. <laughs> <Like> that's <laughs>
0: it's the best kind of photography. <laughs> I know.
2: That's like my photography right now. Um, but I kept telling myself I was going to do it. And I think part of it was to, to give myself that security of like, well, if basic revolution doesn't work out, I can still go do this. Um, And it is definitely easier for other people to be like, oh, are you still doing that? And then you can just say yes. And you don't have to explain anything, you know?
0: Yeah, Um, it's really interesting. And I know, in our first take of this interview, I brought it up. But uh, I listened to Gary Vaynerchuk. And one of the things that he said is which I think is great. And I wish I would have listened, I wish this episode would his episode would have existed back when I was changing businesses, is when people, when he would do something differently, like drop one thing and start another, and people question it, like as they do, like as we've all experienced, he's like, All you have to say is, I changed my mind. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh. <laughs> that seems so simple That's and a obvious. lovely way to put it. Yeah, where you're just like, change my mind. <laughs> and I'm like. That's I like that. And I but maybe I yeah. would not have felt comfortable and confident enough to say that back then. But now I'm like, Oh, this is really great to have in my back pocket. Like, if I shift things, and I even got it too when I became a self defense instructor, people like there was a couple of people like, so you're gonna do that instead of fitness, or like, it was just it blew their minds. And I'm like, I, I didn't even change my mind in that sense. Like, it's just, I feel like the two things complement each other based yeah, on my brain. Yeah, you added something. Yeah, I added something. But people's are just, it's so fascinating to me.
1: Well, it's much easier for us to put others and ourselves in like a box. And like, mm-hmm. this is the label that that file gets in my brain. <laughs> and I don't have to think about it anymore. <laughs> um I have a question, Andrea, and this is not something that I got to ask you before and I thought about after and was like, shit, I should have asked this. So I'm going to take the opportunity now. Um, When you were going through the process of, like, I have this idea, but I have no fucking clue how to execute it. (laughs) What did you perceive was going to be really difficult? And what ended up working out more easily than you expected?
2: Oh, wow. That's a big question because um, there's so much to
1: it. Yeah. Um, cause I have no idea how to run a product-based business, right? Neither so do I'm I. Like... I've never done a product <laughs>
2: <laughs> I've been in like professional services and B2B pretty much like my whole life. And I was like, let's go sell shit on the internet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I think, I think really what I perceived as being the hardest and scariest thing was finding money to be able to do it because like the product-based business I can't just go order to order right like I can't be like all right you ordered 15 pairs of socks so I'm going to order 15 pairs of socks to my vendor, and then send them to you you know I had to get money I had to have capital to be able to do the website and you know get stock and packaging and Um, you know, social media advertising and just a million other things like legally, like making sure I had the company legal and the DBA and like all of these things. And I was like, I need financing, which in turn meant I had to have a solid business plan and finances. And those two things together just seemed incredibly daunting. Um, I mean, I take an entrepreneur class and wrote a business plan for that, but it wasn't, I mean, I even remember at the time of doing it, I'm like, wow, this is so shitty. Like I'm phoning (laughs) this in for a grade, like, like, this is just crap. It means nothing. Um, So all of that seemed really difficult. Um, And not to say that it wasn't, but I feel like once I really got into the business plan, it was such a cool thing at the end to be like, holy shit, I just wrote like a 30 page business plan with like three years of financial projections. Which is not something I ever thought I would do. I'm like, wow, look at this. She really did. I read it.
0: (laughs) That was impressive. I've never had a business plan. Call CDM business plan. (laughs) In
2: my mind. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Well, I mean, that's where mine's been sitting for like the last like six months. I was like, I should like bust that out and take that marketing plan out and really implement it now. (laughs) Because I just go off by what's in my mind. But um yeah. And it just, it felt, felt like such a big accompli- accomplishment to be able to do that and really think through the whole process and what it was and what I was going to do and how I was going to find people and who my target market was and like all of this stuff. Um, and then no joke, the loan was a fucking huge pain in the ass. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> I can It see was that. like,
2: fill out this paperwork. Now you need a co-signer. Now you need this. Now fill out this paperwork. Now do this. And seriously, I think it took like three or four months to, to get it to the point that it was like, okay, we're going to give you the money now. And there was a lot of negotiating with it, which I didn't expect at all because they came to me with these really weird terms. And I was like, I can't run a business like that. Like I can't okay. run a business. If you want me to send everything that I'm going to send to you for approval. Um, so there was a lot more almost negotiating that went into that than I expected because I was like, I can't, I can't do this. And I didn't even really realize I was negotiating at the time. Actually, I was just like, this is crazy. How do you expect me to do this? (laughs) And then like my loan guy went back and forth with the SBA people and it all turned out really well. But I think that was what I found to be the scariest and the hardest. Um, But then even just finding vendors and all of that, the time that it takes is pretty, you think, oh, I can just go online and Google and see who makes organic socks or something. And then it's like, oh, but they're really not organic. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> or, sure, they're organic, but socially, maybe not the best company, you know? So
1: mm. it, was, it was a
2: long process, but it did, it actually it went a lot faster than I expected it to, you know? So.
1: Yeah. And um, well, let's talk about that too like the integrity of finding a vendor. That well the the finding a vendor whose integrity matches the mission of your business um, because there are a lot of like layers to that, right? Oh,
2: a ton of them and and that was what I really I wanted to make sure anyone that I worked with did align, and like we're not just you know basic revolution isn't just about like let me give you a sustainable product and recycle. Your old, holy shit. I mean, that's the main thing, right? That's our big thing, but it's like, we wanna work with socially conscious companies. We wanna work with companies that we know are environmentally conscious. Um, There's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of different layers there. And like lots of companies might say they are, but whether they truly are is something you kind of have to dig for. Um, And a lot, honestly, there aren't a ton of them in the US. A lot of them are in Europe or Australia. Mm. Is what I found. Um, especially when you're talking about environmental, like, what's the word I'm looking for? Environmentally conscious, you know, mm. doing production in the least impactful way to the environment, you know. That doesn't um, surprise and me then at so all. It's like, yeah, yeah. Mm. I mean, I did a lot of research to try and find U.S. based companies, and I did end up with one that's U.S. based, um and the other one I believe is started in Australia, but they do have U.S. operations now. Um, but there was one that like I called them and wanted to talk to them about their product. They had bamboo socks and I was like, Oh, was like can you tell me more about your sustainable and environmental mission? And he's like, Oh, it's on the website. It's like two sentences on the website. <laughs> I'm like, All right, well I'm just gonna take that as a hint that it's maybe not up to like what I'm looking for, you know what I mean? Well, I'm like, what a terrible salesperson. <laughs>
1: right yeah that was my other thought
2: i was like you could really be selling this hard and you're like oh look on our website and i'm like all right can't be bothered (laughs) like right come on like we're totally environmentally conscious just read this one page
1: um like i already was on your website that's how i found you to get to the point of calling you i would like more information please
0: oh yeah Yeah.
2: so it wasn't i mean it was a I think that was one of the longest processes, like, honestly, like finding vendors that I was happy with and, and that would work with me because I, I'm not buying, I don't want to buy $10,000 of stock at one time either. You know, I need vendors who have fairly low, like minimums right now. Cause I'm just starting out and it's me with my basement warehouse, you know, like, it's not like I'm like, you know, big warehouse and buy tens of thousands of dollars worth of socks. It's not where I'm at.
1: Yeah. Right. But when you find these vendors who you have found, which are in alignment with your company and your mission, um, because it is such a niche market, you know there there's the opportunity that as you grow, like they grow too, so it behooves them to kind of get it in on the ground really floor. Inter-
2: really interesting. One of the vendors is like, well we need to see like your whole website and everything first. Cause like, this was something I started looking for vendors before I had my website or like, I think it was before I had my LLC. I was like, I need to make sure I can find the product first. Right. Cause why put in all this effort if I can't find the product itself? Um, yeah. And they were actually kind of weary of me. Cause they're like, well, we've had some other people come to us and like they wanted to do subscription boxes and They weren't really good at it or so I don't know. And like, they're like, they buy tons of stock and then they'd want to just return it. And I'm like, not my goal.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Not Um, on my to-do list.
2: (laughs) I understand your weariness. So I'll get back to you when I've got the website and everything. And then when I came back to them and they saw the website and they saw the mission and they like understood the business, they were really excited to be like, yes, we would love to be one of your vendors. So that was just, that was really cool.
0: It's actually a good sign that they were skeptical, right? And they weren't just like, let me take your money, right? I mean, for sure. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Cuz I feel like that's how most vendors are. They're like, "Oh, you've got money, I'll take it."
0: Oh, you know?
2: Absolutely. So someone who's like, "I want to make sure your mission aligns with my mission, which is what I'm doing." I totally respected that and was like, "All right, I'll get back to you." And I I feel like I told someone, I don't remember who it was, and they're like, "Well, that's weird." Why would you want to work with them, then? And I was like, well, they're trying to make sure my company aligns with their company, and I think that's a great thing, and I totally respect that. And I will let them know when I have something that can prove that. But right now, I don't have a website,
1: so (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Well, I
0: guess why don't you tell? Because we've kind of like hinted at it throughout. But what? How would you describe your business? What do you do?
2: Um, To basic revolution, I always say our mission is to help people keep textiles
0: out of the landfill, Um,
2: because that is a really big problem that a lot of people don't know about. We think about plastic and, um, I don't know, other bad shit that goes into the earth. I can't think of that. Other things right now.
0: (laughs) Other shit. But
2: we we don't really think about textiles, and a lot of people donate things, but you can't donate your holy socks. And whatnot. Um, Anything that's holy or unusable, you can't donate, so that will just end up in the landfill. So I created Basic Revolution as um, an e-commerce subscription service to provide people with sustainably made basics. So like socks, undies, tanks, tees. Again, like I said, sustainably made. So lower impact on the environment. um, Looking for more sustainable, renewable sources to use and sustainable like production. Um, So you're not polluting as much with production. And then the super cool thing about it is you get your box and then you can take your holy socks or your holy underwear or whatever holy clothing you have that you can't donate it. You throw it back in our box. You take the mailing label that we send you, you slap it on there, you pop it in the mail and it goes to uh, a fabric recycler. And he's going to sort it and he's going to send it to where it can go to be reused. And some things might get sent someplace to get broken down and used for insulation or carpet padding, or it might get broken down to, you know, into smaller pieces of fabric to be used as like industrial wipe rags. But the whole point of it is like, it doesn't go into the landfill. So you get well-made sustainably made products, and then you don't have to contribute to the textile waste that's going into our landfills, which is, insane how much it is these days with fashion and all of that people just don't think about that as like waste i think as much as we think about packaging and plastic as waste
0: yeah that's what you picture in the landfill like that's what they show on tv right
1: but i mean i I think even in my mind i'm going like oh well my clothes are gonna um break down but then think about like how many synthetic fibers are in probably almost all of my clothes, that's never going to break down. I've just never thought about that before. Like hundreds of years for this to break down sometimes. Like if it's organic, it's going to
2: break down faster. But even when it does break down in a landfill, it releases bad gases, right? So it's still not great to throw in a landfill. And it's like, does it break down depending upon what kind of like oxygen or organic materials or other things can get to it? It's all really kind of up in the air as to whether or not something will break down um so yeah I'm sure there's a lot of 80s jazzercise stuff just sitting in a landfill somewhere with <laughs> a lot of sequins on it uh,
0: <laughs> like biker shorts like right fanny, fanny packs it. which apparently are in style again I have course. several of them <laughs> damn it <Don't> they're <laughs> very useful yeah yeah I could see that well, even- I kind of want one
2: <laughs> Even today's like leisure wear has so much synthetic material in it, you know, and it's like, what are
0: you gonna do with that? So that's what makes our asses look good. That's what you gotta do, right? You gotta, <laughs> that like, material. <laughs> <laughs> some oh. compression
2: in there. Yeah, so. just. <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: my so, yeah, god! Yeah, I mean, I,
2: I put up the website at the end of last year. I launched sales in January. Um, it's been an interesting last month I'll say that (laughs) like yeah not not much happening right now
0: so yeah it'll it'll go back though you know it's um it's just riding it out is tough though oh for sure um and you know you do what you can while you can I was just I was
2: remarking to someone else I'm like I'm actually really glad I wasn't further into the business like a year or something right where i do have like a warehouse space and more stock and like all of this and where it's a little like there's more financial output on the monthly basis
1: right like your costs um, are higher exactly yeah so but
2: it's still exciting i'm still working at it and you know telling people about my socks
0: (laughs) i love it (laughs) No, it's great. What um, and I know you've told me before, but now I want to know again because I forget. So those green boxes around Chicago that are for closed donations, like what what do we not know about those? Ah, uh,
2: the green. Well,
0: all the boxes are a little.
2: Some of the boxes around Chicago are great, right? You can Google it and you can see what they take, what they don't take, and where stuff goes. And some of them do send stuff to fabric recyclers but you just never know. Right. Like there's a a lot of like random green boxes that just say recycling on the side with no other information about like what the company is. Mm -hmm. And I'm always very wary of those. Um, -hmm. because you just like a lot of places that sell secondhand or take donations always say they want wearable clothing. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's because they're either selling it here or they're shipping it overseas and selling it in Africa. Um, which is actually where a lot of clothing donations go. A lot of them go overseas to Africa because there's so much of it. Um, so, I mean, I've talked to some, and they're like, "Oh yeah, if we get something that isn't wearable, we usually just throw it away because we can't do anything with it." So, I always say like, "They can, they can be great. Like some of them definitely take stuff to fabric recycling, but you have to do research on those, right? You have to like know that it's like a credible company that's actually taking stuff and sorting stuff and like." making sure it's going to the right places
0: got it
1: man yeah I never I just never thought about that before yeah
2: you just assume. I was surprised that they just like toss stuff
0: yeah you just assume like oh environmentally friendly you know like it's it's just uh it's easy, I guess, too, because I think we all probably live within walking distance of one of those types of things. So it's just like, oh, well, I feel like a good person because I'm just throwing it in that box. (laughs) Right. I mean,
2: I feel like I've kind of like, so it's been like two years that I've been kind of doing research and getting a lot more into the environment and like learning more about where things go and how things are made and whatnot. Um, And even like, you know, a lot more prevalent is compostable packaging for mailers as well as like compostable like food containers um but the interesting thing i learned about that is lots of times if you just throw them in the garbage and they end up in the landfill they don't compost and they don't compost because they need like a certain mix of like oxygen and whatever and whatever i'm not a composting expert but like when they're tossed in a landfill they don't get the you know, environmental ingredients, I guess I would call them, that they need to compost. So people are thinking, oh, this is great. I have compostable packaging. But if you just toss it in the garbage, you're probably doing the same thing as if you had tossed like plastic packaging in the garbage.
0: Oh my Um, gosh, that's fascinating. So there's
2: a lot of information that's just not there for people. It's not, unless you're looking for it, you're not going to know it. You know what I mean? Like if you're like really into the environment and you're like, I'm going to make sure I try and be as sustainable as possible and blah 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 blah, and research everything you're gonna find this information but if you're like a normal consumer who's like oh cool compostable packaging i feel better about throwing this away then you're gonna be like oh fuck like when you learn that it's really not that great
0: (laughs) (laughs) well it's like companies are really good too at using those buzzwords right so like you were saying with the finding a company that was quote unquote organic. And I feel like everything says organic now. Everything says vegan yeah. friendly. Everything says natural. Everything it's like but they uh-huh. don't go into they, that's like the buzzword. And then maybe in the fine print on the bottom of something. Like it'll go more into it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Somebody was tell ta- I don't remember what the clothing was, but somebody was telling me about a clothing brand and on all their Tags they put 100% recyclable or 100% recycled or something. It has absolutely nothing to do with the clothing. It's the tag. The paper tag is literally <laughs> what is recycled. That's so um, fucked but, up. <laughs> but it gives you the impression that, like, oh, this is 100% recycled. Cool. Right. Oh, so you're not my. like connecting that it's like, the price tag that's recycled.
0: That is so fucked up. Oh my God. I'm also not surprised, sadly. Right. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I yeah, want to know the company the now. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember, but
2: I remember seeing like tags on clothing one time and being like 100% recycled. I was like, this can't be recycled. And I was like, oh, it probably just means the tag. Oh but unless goodness. you're really thinking about it, you're just going to be like, oh, cool, right? Like, this is recycled. Like, yeah. those are words people look for. Like you said, it's the buzzwords, and people mm-hmm. look for those buzzwords.
0: Oh, absolutely. But
2: if, if you're not really, like, educating yourself on it, and it sucks that it's always up to the consumer to educate themselves, right? It's like you would hope that, like, companies would be conscious of what they're doing and not kill our environment, and it wouldn't be up to consumers to have to, like, research and educate and research and educate because things change. Um, But that's really right now how our society is really where the onus is, I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see like how things, you know, not to bring everything back to current events, but as we're seeing um, nature kind of the, the earth fix itself so quickly as the world slows down a little bit or, or a lot of it, um, what may open up as possible as not just, um, consumers, but for companies and how they yeah. choose to move forward and the consciousness that has been growing over the last, you know, 20, let's say 20 years roundabout around how we are really er- damaging our planet through yeah. bus- certain business practices. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I
2: I wonder how it will go. I wonder, like, I always feel like it's going to be more consumers pushing than companies really taking the lead. But I see that, and there's so many companies that do take, like, you think about Patagonia. They're a wonderful company. They have a huge sustainable mission. And I think more and more companies are doing that. Um, but it's not necessarily the really big companies that are doing that. So it'll be interesting
1: to see what a shift could happen. Yeah, and you're on, like, the cutting edge of it. Apparently. I'm trying. <laughs> I'm
2: trying with my sock box to be on <laughs> the cutting edge of some shit. I love it.
1: <laughs> I was uh, really excited about this. Um, I'll just nerd out on, on this for a second. I bought this new laundry detergent that doesn't come in, like, a plastic thing. It just – there are these little detergent sheets that di- dissolve oh, in – yeah they work really well there's like the packaging is is recyclable it's paper-based and there's no plastic and they like tell you on the on the box like how much plastic you're saving by you know doing this instead and I just oh, felt cool. really good about that purchase
2: what what brand is it
1: um I got it off of Amazon so I will
2: I will okay. take a look. you'll have to tell me um that's one of like the million things i always think about changing in my behavior right cuz it's all about like little changes that's that's part of basic revolutions kind of like uh mission is little changes cuz we can't all change everything we do and be super sustainable like here's all my garbage for a month in a tiny mason jar kind of people. Right. Um,
0: <laughs> mason jars. <laughs>
2: so I'm always like, that's like one of the things on my list is like, I want to try out this laundry detergent that, yeah, it comes in like a sheet of paper and you just pop it in and it's like no plastic bottle and like, it's more organic and supposed to be better. And like, I literally just ran out of laundry detergent. So I'm like, oh, now it's is the time True to
1: try it. True Earth. Mm -hmm. okay true earth t-r-u earth ecostrips laundry detergent i got the fresh linen scent
0: they were like oh the true earth with the e is already taken as a domain name (laughs) (laughs) probably (laughs) cut off that e
2: (laughs) yep Oh, like, man. That's that's, one of those things for, that's, why, that's why my
0: website is my basic revolution, instead of basic revolution. I'm like, well, I guess I'll just add that word on there. That should be fun. <laughs> Yeah, like muscles and moxie. It was originally going to be muscle and moxie. And I was like, oh, that's taken. Going to add the S. But then I ended up getting <laughs> right. muscle and moxie when they forgot to renew. And it was oh, just man, like, a, right. it was a domain hoarder. So I didn't feel bad, but... <laughs>
2: I mean, I am sitting on basicrevolution.com domain right now, so we'll see yeah.
0: what happens
2: when it comes up, whenever that's supposed to be. I don't even remember. I was just like, okay, I'll just, I'll just do that, and we'll see what
1: happens. I'll get yeah. an email when it happens. Yeah. Cool. I love it. Yeah. Covered a lot. We didn't talk about
0: balance at all, though. We should probably talk about balance, oh, huh? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. balance. balance. <laughs> the theme of the podcast has been forgotten. I guess, I mean, how did you balance making that shift in your business and doing two things at once? And what is what did that look like? Versus kind of what kind of routine or um, I hate saying the routine, but like, I guess it is like, what kind of uh, routine do you have now? And do you feel like it's working for you in terms of like balancing your business and your life?
2: Um, So when like, I was first kind of doing the switch, there was no balance. (laughs) <laughs> because, predictably because so I was like I'm a photographer and I'm doing this business and I feel like I was doing something else I don't even know what that might have been in <laughs> but I was just like I mean I just felt like constantly frazzled I like I mean I got to the point, I was doing like a photography headshot event which was like the first big event I had done for photography and then like literally like three months later I was like I'm done with photography um <laughs> But there was just, there wasn't any balance for a while. Um, And that's really actually what made me say, okay, I'm just, I'm just doing basic revolution because I was like, I was just stretched so thin and I was tired and I was cranky and I was like, none of this is any fun. And I was like, if I'm going to like make this all so hard, I'm not going to like any of it. Right. And I don't want to hate this new business idea that I'm like totally love and I'm super excited about but I'm gonna end up hating it if my life is so imbalanced and I'm just go, 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 and I feel super stressed out. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was, I mean, that was kind of like the big catalyst for being like, okay, I'm done with photography and I'm done and I'm telling everybody I'm done with it and then that's it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then even like, I've always, I always feel like I try and keep a really good balance. Like in corporate America, I saw so many people who it's like their job was their life. And that's definitely not something that I want. Um, So I feel like I've always been conscious of it, but that doesn't like, mean, I don't get sucked into my like automatic email confirmations on the couch until like 930 at night when my husband's sitting next to me and be like, hey, you want to watch TV? (laughs) I'm like, hey, I just have to get this to work. And it didn't work. And I just keep going and going and going. Yes. (laughs) Um but I try to be conscious not to do that. Um, I mean, we all get sucked in though, right? It's like you like yes. inspiration strikes even like one night I like got out of bed at like 1230. Cause I had an idea for a blog post and I was like, Oh, got to write this right now. Like literally got out of bed and went and wrote a blog post. Um, but I do, somebody was talking somebody was like, how are you with time management? And I was like, I'm, I'm pretty good. I'm, totally admit that I'm a procrastinator, but I do what I need to do. And he's like, oh, you should really set aside blocks of time to do things. And I was like, I can never set aside a block of time for writing because I have to be in the right space to write. You know, I have to like feel inspired or like be in a really good headspace or be relaxed. There's always like, I can't just sit down and be like, okay, now I'm going to write these four blog posts about this. It just doesn't work. It's it's painful that way. I feel like.
0: (laughs) I agree. I totally feel you.
2: Yeah. Um, but yeah, back to balance. I just, I try and be conscious of it. Like we all get sucked in, but it is helpful to like, you know, my husband and I have dinner every night together. So that is something that it's like, even if I'm like sucked into something, I'm still like, okay, we'll have dinner together. And then I'll go get sucked into it again for a few minutes. But, (laughs) um, you know we also like to travel and we like to do things and like I kind of look at life as like so much of it is about experience and I want to have those experiences and if I if my life gets too unbalanced I'm not going to have those right like I'm just going to be sucked into work
0: Mm -hmm. and even
2: if it's a company I love there's still so many things in this world to experience travel and people and food and concerts and like just being outside in nature like If you're too unbalanced, you're never going to get that. And I don't want to lose out on experiences.
0: I think we talked about this last time about how work is always, it's always going to be there. It's not like you're going to stay up until two in the morning and all of the things will be done and you'll be able to just kick back for like a week. Right. So it's always there. And I think I've had to, I've really like struggled with that where I'm like, just this one more thing, just this one more thing. And it's like, it'll be there in the morning and you'll probably yeah. finish it faster with like a fresh brain.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah.
2: That's, I've, I've known a lot of people who in their jobs would end up like working overnight or sleeping at the office or even my husband, when he's got like a huge, like uh project he's working on, will work like 13, 14 hour days sometimes. And I'm like, my brain is so fried by like hour nine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'd rather just like have some food, relax, try and get some sleep, and come back fresh. Not to say that's always what I do, but yeah, it will always be there. And that's kind of like, why, why kill yourself trying to finish it all when it's just going to be there in the morning? Like, it's not like I can do all my basic revolution work and be like, and I'm done this month. I'm out. <laughs> <Yeah>. You know,
0: <laughs> just wipe my hands clean of that.
2: <laughs> right. <laughs>
0: oh my gosh
2: off on vacation now for a month like
1: not happening (laughs) 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 yeah it's getting comfortable in in that knowledge that it's never over and that's okay yeah yeah that's kind of
0: the fun i mean it's hard though yes
2: it can be hard to just i don't know to tell yourself it's never over. Maybe like Mm -hmm. you want it to be over. You're like, I just want to be done. It's Friday. I want to be done and I want to not have to think about it. But I guess it's kind of being able to, to disconnect, to compartmentalize like your real life and your business life and know that they're both important and take time for both of them.
1: Agreed. And I think space is very important for that. Like a especially when you are working from home. Like I definitely work better when I'm sitting at my desk, which is set up as my workspace than I do if I'm on the couch. Or now like if Justin's teaching in our office room, like I'll go into the bedroom with my standing desk and like kind of work from there. And I just don't, I'm not as productive. And I also find that it it like mixes up my, like my brain just doesn't, compartmentalize those as well right then if I have like this when I sit here I'm working and when I sit here I can relax yeah I wish I could work in my office (laughs) 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 I
2: I literally have an office and I swear to god I come down here I mind you it's a windowless office in a basement so it's not
1: great (laughs) that might be part of the problem yeah
2: I think it is But I come down here, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to get some work done. And, like, two hours later, I'm like, wow, I have read a lot on the internet, and nothing of it has anything to do with anything I need to do. (laughs) So, like, I will literally, like, we have a, like, finished basement, too. So I'll, like, take my stuff into the finished basement side, which is almost like a party room, and work in there. It's like, oh, that's so much better. Or, like, my fun room. Mm. I really miss going to coffee houses to work right now. That was, like... Yeah, that was my best place for some reason. It's like because I went there with that explicit purpose, so I wasn't going to sit there and like stick around on Facebook for like an hour.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, sorry, I swear a lot. No,
1: that's for oh. welcome. We welcome the swearing, <laughs>
2: but I I miss being able to go someplace and have a, a more dedicated space because yeah. um, I'm not great at working from home, especially in my windowless office.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: You need like a poster. Like own you need a poster of like a window <laughs> looking, on, looking on oh a
1: like wall thing at like the beach.
2: Yeah, <laughs> my my one wall is actually covered with a collage of pictures, and most of them are outdoor, like sunset and flowers and trees and whatnot. <laughs> but it doesn't quite doesn't, doesn't quite it. do it for me <laughs> in my,
1: my little ten by ten office. Oh man, <laughs> Maybe it something fun. We've named ours Narnia. Because it's like our workspace, but also like we're both musicians, so all of our music instruments are in here. And albeit there are two corners of this room who, which have not been unpacked and organized since we moved in six months ago, but like just calling it something fun uh, is makes it more appealing. So that would be my recommendation. that might help.
2: Yeah, I currently call it like the dungeon, so that's <laughs> <Yeah>. probably. <enough. laughs> No, the castle, the <laughs> dungeon or the hole. Like, that's what actually... <laughs>
1: You're giving your subconscious every reason to kick and scream their way into that space.
0: <laughs> oh, my god, Not I'm gonna go torture myself now. <laughs> See you guys later. <laughs> oh man, well, you know,
1: <laughs> awesome. Thank you. This has been, I mean, we could keep going. But, um, this has been just such a great conversation and, uh, I'm very excited to share this with all of our, our listeners and get the word out on basic revolution and the awesome, like environmental work that you guys are doing.
2: Thank you. It's super fun to talk with you guys and chat about it. I'm excited to be on your podcast.
1: The podcast is excited to have you on it too. It's its own entity.
0: (laughs) Oh man. Well, our awkward ending. Yeah. And and we've just owned our awkward sign offs.
1: (laughs) But it, it does kind of feel like, you know, how you're on a Zoom meeting call now and everybody's like, okay we're done and like the host isn't really fast to like end the meeting so everybody is just kind of like either trickling out or still waving goodbye on camera
2: <laughs> or like everyone's like hovering by the like leave meeting button but they're like they don't now? want to be rude I don't know I don't know
1: <laughs> and their
0: are going is, like right in front right. of the camera like it's like you see up their nose because they're trying to like find the end meeting <laughs> button <laughs> yeah oh, so man. Well, that's at least that's there's the no worst. visual to this at least we're not gonna see each other's noses and yeah. Uh, yeah we're gonna we're gonna make this as least awkward as possible so uh, all right that was awesome. that was really cool. I just i am always fascinated listening to all of her knowledge about things I never would have thought about. It's just so interesting to
1: me. It's like oh yeah yeah. It definitely makes me realize there's a lot that I know nothing about, but like where stuff comes from, where it goes, my perception of where it comes from to where it goes. Um, it's very inspiring to to me to just do my best to be a little more conscious and a little more knowledgeable about the choices that I'm making.
0: Absolutely. Like it's a lot of times I go through and I'm, just don't even think about it. Like, I'm like, Oh, I have a recycling bin. That's a win. <laughs> I recycle. I recycle what I'm <laughs> supposed to. And yeah. And I put, I put uh clothes in those green box, the green boxes around Chicago. And yeah, it's, it's nice to know that there are just like little things that you can do and you don't have to, like she said, overhaul your life and like end
1: up with all your trash in a Mason jar. <laughs> oh my God. I remember when that video went viral and I was like, You are just shaming everyone who tries with this. Like, do you have a job? You must not. (laughs) No. Because I don't know how else you're able to, at least in a city, like maybe if I lived on a farm or something. Yeah. I don't
0: know. I don't know. I also just like commend Andrea for, I think it's just was such a ballsy move, like going from a business with no overhead, essentially, because she already had like photography equipment and, you know, essentially like working from anywhere, not having a brick and mortar to having to get a loan from a bank and like putting together a business plan. Like that is just the thought of it makes my heart race a little bit. And I just think it's amazing that she jumped in 100% into it.
1: Yeah. And two, it's, I think, a really great testament to you can learn what you don't know. So, if anybody's out there being like, I don't know how to do that. So, I'm not even going to try. Like, you can find out if you put the time and energy into seeking. Log- those are
0: all logistics. They're all figure outable, mm-hmm. to quote Marie Forleo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, all right. Well.
1: this is our our second yeah
0: number two it's wonderful um yeah well I am uh
1: that was fun (laughs) that was fun I was like what if I just stopped talking
0: and like left to the outside hanging out there just awkwardly giggling awkwardly giggling into the wind like just a fade away laugh I think that would be appropriate for me actually
1: (laughs) there are a lot of fade away laughs
0: good Good. it captures me as a human being so good to know (laughs) well bye guys until next time
1: Yeah. This podcast is produced by Sarah Laspis of Muscles & Moxie and Kelsey Mathis of Chem Meditation and Be Done Social. Music by Justin Radke of Justin Radke Music. If you like what you hear, please subscribe. Oh, and hit us up on the Insta at The Boss Life Balance. Thanks, and we'll catch you soon.